0: Hey guys, Kurt here, and I'm here with Logan. Hi. And we're going to be talking about some BattleBards Premium Audio. So, Logan, I've got you hooked up to a bunch of stuff here.
1: What, the, what is all this stuff?
0: Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Um, I just wanted to measure you know, your brain power and see how much that you knew about BattleBards Audio, because you know so much about it. Yes, I do. Okay, so basically what's happening is I have Logan hooked up here to see his brain power and see how much he knows BattleBards Premium audio. So, first of all, let's see if you recognize this track.
1: That's easy. That's the you're gonna trap barrage.
0: Perfect. All right. Now, what is that? <laughs>
1: That's a massive creature Perfect.
0: All right, now they're going to start getting a little bit harder, but I think you can do it, okay? Okay. All right, what about this one? Lord Ardok, is a wooden
2: fortique symbol, bid octo, mon far stay out with, mon holdon, fu
1: gali that's the highborn devil speaks.
0: Oh, so sorry. That's actually the devil highborn converses. Bzzz.
1: What the heck, Dad?
0: Oh, sorry, man. I mean, it's just a little current. I mean, it's just to just to kind of motivate you to to do better.
1: You're so mean, Dad. I don't like you anymore.
0: Oh, dude, it's okay. It's okay. Okay, I'll turn it down a little bit. We'll try. Let's try the next one. All right, this one should be a little easier.
1: that's an easy one that's the fireball spell
0: oh i'm so sorry buddy but that's actually the magic missile spell
1: no what are you doing don't do that (laughs) ah what the heck dad you're really naughty what the heck
0: sorry buddy but you know
1: so mean
0: i'm sorry but if i if i don't
1: yeah, blah, 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 Dad.
0: Oh, uh, well, excuse me. All right, well, let's try one more. All right, buddy, last one. I am sure you're going to get this, no problem. What is this one?
1: Yeah, well, you what you want? You lost us something? If it's drink you're after, I reckon there's a prissy ale hall somewhere up the street where the sun don't shine. boy it is, Point is, they ain't nothing for you here. Friend, all's here's just some quiet, decent folk. What wants a quiet, indecent drink, and to be left to their own businesses? This is the tavern owner, Corner Street Tavern.
0: Oh, so close! But that's actually the tavern owner, Chipped Glass Tavern. I'm so sorry.
1: What the heck, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> ah!
0: Man, I mean, hey, one more try. I mean, we can get it this time. Go to battlebars.com. You sign up for an account. And not only do you get that premium audio, but you can get a little something from us also. With the 10 and $25 packages, you get one free track with MFGcast1 as your coupon code. Buy a $50 or $100 package and get five free tracks with the code MFGcast2. That's a half of an album. For free, just for using that damn coupon code. Could it be any easier? Buy the $150 and $300 packages. Not only do you get most of Battle Bards fantasy audio, soundscapes, music, sound effects, etc., but you also get 10 free tracks with coupon code MFGCast3. A full album for free for using a coupon code from us. You're welcome. This is the MFG cast. All right, guys. We're going to go from Taylor, who is new at conventions, to a convention, hmm, what's the word I'm thinking of? Veteran. Veteran. Yes, that's it. Thank you. I'm glad you're on to tell me these things so I could actually not be dumb. I have Taco from SO1KS Gaming. Taco, thanks for coming on.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. So you've been to a few conventions this year, to, to say it lightly. Why don't we talk about your experiences and why don't you just start with the earliest one that you did this year coming up to Gen Con and just kind of tell us about the fun experiences that you had.
3: All right sounds fun. Yeah I went to like four or five conventions this year so that was kind of a first. Usually I hit only Origins and Gen Con but I hit a bunch of smaller ones this year. Uh, Okay so the first convention I actually got invited down to was uh Cool cool Mini or Not Expo, and actually they're now called Cmon, decided to go with their initials or whatever and change the name up a little bit. That was an interesting experience because it, it was a convention of maybe like 250, 300 people. Oh, small. Yeah. And a lot of them were probably reviewers like me. You know, Dice Tower was there, Secret Cabal was there, Watch It Played was there. All those, you know, bigger ones were down there. And they had every game that pretty much was coming out this year from them. Nice. You had Arcadia Pets. You had Arcadia Quest Inferno, Masmora. I didn't get to play Godfather, but Eric Lane was there with Godfather. I did play Bloodborne, which was pretty interesting. I got to be in an all-star event with uh, Sam and Z, uh, Rodney and Pep from Watch It Played, and... uh, Jamie and Chris from Secret Cabal Mark from Board Game Corner and a few others the rolling dice and taking names guys and we are playing Unusual Suspects which is you're basically trying you have to figure out who did the crime Mm -hmm. and it's judging a book by its cover you're basically looking at a picture of 12 different people and you'll ask one person this witness one question like does this person like board games mm-hmm. and that person gives a thumbs up or a thumbs down they can't talk or anything nice <laughs> and so i played that with them and there's a video online of it it's kind of funny because like the mentions of it it's like they have they list all the people that played except for me <laughs> nice <laughs> but that's no, no big deal i i had a great time with them and uh. Uh, just to experience that must have been amazing and just to I had a great time getting to know those guys I got you know I got to play games with Rodney and with Sam and Z and Mark and everyone just hang out and talk a little bit so that was really cool that's awesome and I love a lot of CMON games I mean if you've looked at my reviews I have about they're one of the first ones to start sending me some review copies and
0: I've really enjoyed most of their games, so. That's awesome. Well, it seems like they're they're coming up so hardcore now. Everyone's just digging them so much. So. They, I kind of, th-
3: I had kind of predicted that this that this would happen. That they would really step up to a new level and kind of be, Asmodee before they became Asmodee North America with all the mergers. Mm-hmm. And they really seem to be doing that. They're really branching off not just the miniature games with the Kickstarter, but now there's euro games there's party games so Mm -hmm. yeah they're doing such a great job that's awesome and then uh the drive down to atlanta that was a 13-hour
0: drive so that was crazy next time i'll probably just fly (laughs) yeah yeah those those drives it's like one of those things where you you know you think okay well i'll just make some stops and blah 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 and everything will be fine but that really zaps you did three stops and two of them were just to fill up for gas jeez that's ridiculous. (laughs)
3: <laughs> but uh the next the next convention i went to and this convention i just went to just to play games and have fun because i the other conventions were kind of be begun with work and reviewing and everything so i went to geek way to the west for the first time and that's in st louis and got to play just a ton of games i mean if you want a convention where all you're doing is playing games you know you don't care about the exhibit hall or anything like that geek way to the west is probably the convention to go to because you'll just get tons of games in i probably got close to eight or ten games in each day wow and where is that at it's in st louis At it was at a hotel this year i think they're moving it to a convention center next year to accommodate more people because they like sold out 1600 tickets within before before the end of the year So it was like a month or two, and it was like sold out. Wow, that's insane! Yeah, and they had some new games. They had some old games. You know, they have this. They have crazy raffles. You know, all the games that are in the win to play. They have this huge win to play area. That's kind of the big thing. Is it's basically like the game library, except whenever you play a game, you write your name on a ticket and you put it in the slot for that game. And you have a chance at the end of the of the uh, weekend to win the game, the keep. That's awesome. And so, you know, there's people just playing games massively down there as long as possible. They do end up closing partway through the night, but then they let you borrow the game overnight if you want. Wow, well, that's cool. So, some of the big ones, I got to play a game with Jamie Stegmeyer from Stonemeyer Games. We played uh, mm-hmm. Dice City. Oh, nice. Or not Dice City, I'm sorry. We played... Uh, Wow, I can't think of the name. It's another AEG game. It's like a quick dice heist. That's what it is. Oh, okay. And then at the end of the weekend, I was the last. They had a sign-up sheet for Scythe, and I signed up on the first day, like within the first thirty minutes of the show. Mm-hmm. And I got to play the last game on Saturday night. <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> but I got to play it ahead of time, and it was awesome. That's and cool. I've been there's a lot of hype for that game. You know, and it was probably one of the first games for me where I was kind of hyped about it a little bit, but not much. Yeah. But reading all the different hype, I'm like, this game actually met all of that hype.
1: Yeah. And I, I own that's it now
3: awesome. and I am I still love it. Yeah, that's cool. That, that's, that doesn't seem to happen a lot these days. As no. much. And Jamie does a great job with the quality of components and he really, you know, mm-hmm. tries to get all the mechanics worked out smoothly and tries yeah. to make a great game so yeah he usually it, only focuses on one
0: or two games a year so that kind of helps yeah for sure he, i think he knows that if you're going to come out with a game you know you should really put everything you have into it and he really knows what the people want and you can tell just by how many people stand behind him and everything that he does i mean it's crazy
3: yeah and you know the kickstarters he do, does is amazing i mean he's gotten that to a perfection and he's written a book about it now and everything so it's mm-hmm. just and now he's gonna be doing a legacy game so I've, I've been kind of bugging him about that to find out details on that <laughs> <laughs> all right so then after that i had uh this was actually just a trade fair in madison called acd games day and what that is, it was mostly for retailers. It was just, you couldn't buy games. You were basically just mean with companies, talking about their new games. And you could, later on in the night, you could play them. And it was just a fun little thing I got to go to since it was close by. Nice. And that's, mo- that's not really open to the general public. That was a retailer thing. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to kind of sneak in as press somehow. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Email the right person, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not about what you know; it's about who you know. And sometimes it just takes the research online. <laughs> That's the one thing I learned from uh, my first year of reviewing: is look for, you know, look for emails, and then send them out and try.
0: Yep. Yeah, you don't know if you don't try. I mean,
3: exactly. You're back to where you were. You know, might as well try. If not, you know, you're back at the same spot you were. It's not like it's. I figured with this review thing, like, hey, if they don't like my reviews, then I'm just back to being a person interested in the, you know, that loves the hobby mm-hmm, You bet. just so happens that some like my work. So I'm pretty happy about that too. Yeah. That's great. But anyways, back to conventions and not me. I didn't mean to.
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. Hey, if we're not in it to talk about ourselves a little bit, when then what the hell are we doing? I mean, really <laughs> give myself a pat on the back on
3: a podcast. Yeah, right. Oh
0: yeah. yeah. That's right. You're not going to all these things for nothing, you know, <laughs> that's right. All right, so then we move
3: on to the probably the biggest, you know, I went to Gen Con, but I only made Gen Con for a day. The big con- convention for me was Origins, and I ex- had an excellent time down there. Uh, I really recommend Origins to anyone who's never been to Gen Con or any game convention, because it's like a step down from gen con it's like the non hectic, non-crazy gen con mm-hmm. you don't have people elbowing you every two seconds <laughs> like I, I think a person ran into me once at origins and that's you know you have space it's kind of nice yeah and they had a bunch of big sellers there you know dead of winter expansion was released there crazy carts was released there um it was the first time Tasty Minstrel game had uh, Guilds of London and I was able to get a copy of that nice so and that sold out like instantly yeah and I, stronghold
0: it's it's it's, cr- it's crazy how how well they sell out the one the one thing that I will give tasty minstrel crap about that even though they if it seems like they're making enough money with their games, I wish they would just update their website. <laughs> it seems like that website has been down forever. <laughs> I'm like God. I wish I knew how to do that kind of stuff because I would help them so much.
3: <laughs> I'm sure they get plenty of offers, but they re- they've been really focusing on getting more games and they've been bringing more people on. I mean, they brought on uh, Lance, the undead Viking, to do a lot of their oh yeah, that's right, yeah, social a, media stuff and what a great move. Yeah, uh, that's been a thing this year is taking reviewers or podcasters and bringing them into companies. In different areas like social media or developing That's, mm-hmm. you know because talk talk scott uh went to uh he's the president now of uh, passport games and he brought in chaz too chaz marler from uh the dice tower and everything mm-hmm. and so you're just seeing like uh, companies are embracing the reviewers and using them to make their games better which is great yeah, definitely. I mean, this year, looking at Origins, looking at Gen Con, people were coming home with so many different games. It was awesome. It wasn't, you know, you didn't look at one person's Gen Con hall and it was the same
0: as eight other people's. They were all different. Yep, that's a, that. That's when you know that the hobby is, is really going strong because, you know, it's not just the people going to the same thing each time.
3: And uh, at, at Origins, I was at the... I had kickstarted uh, Dice Tower and went on the dinner with them, and then afterwards we went to we went back to the convention hall and played uh, Captain Sonar. You know that's been kind of getting a little bit of hype since Gen Con, and we got to play it early. And it was basically you have two sub, uh, uh, subs going head to head against each other, mm-hmm. and Tom Vassell was the captain of one with Z, and I can't remember the other two guys' names. And then it was, I was the captain of the other sub with Eric Sumner as my radio guy. And I had Keith and someone else. And I apologize to people who I don't remember their names, but <laughs> it was, it was fun. Nice. And, and Eric Sumner was the best radio guy ever. And we kicked butt. Nice. That's awesome. It, it, Cause like we would call in, you have to call in coordinates to where you think they are for your missile strike. Or for your torpedo strike. And we were nailing it every single time. And every time Tom Vassell would just... Mouth was wide open, like, not understanding how we could have found them. <laughs> but Eric did a great job of tracing on the map of where they could possibly be. Nice. It, it's a crazy... We were probably the loudest in that little exhibit hall at that time of night. Because we're all <laughs> yelling, you know, arm the torpedoes. And you have to, like, give... As the captain, you have to yell a direction so that the radio, the opposing team's radio operator can hear you and try and trace it on the map and then kind of figure out where you're going. And so I'm like yelling north, (laughs) south. So that's awesome. It it was a fun game, but definitely a game that you have to play with at least six, if not eight. Yeah, yeah. It's not one of those games you play with two people. No, no, yeah.
0: It's. There's a lot of games like that where it's like, okay, it's obviously made for, for big parties of people and and to be a lot of fun. So you know, you can't have, whatever the whatever the lowest amount of people is on that kind of game. I mean, you probably could, but it probably wouldn't be as fun with without having everybody else, you know, screaming and and moving around and stuff like that. You know, it's just made for that kind of thing.
3: And picked up a lot of games at origins picked up a lot of review games too it was kind of like my first big convention hall i would say of review games and i'm still going through it and now now i've got i'm getting gen con stuff on top of that so i gotta get my game group together and be like all right we need a review weekend yeah no kidding no kidding (laughs) telling you kurt you gotta move down closer to me
0: (laughs) (laughs) no kidding be able to play more games that's for sure
3: yeah So then Uh, uh, Gen Con, go over Gen Con a little bit. Yeah. I I was only, I came in Wednesday and I ended up having to leave pretty early on Thursday because of some family issues, but Mm. I was there, uh, got in the press line to get my press badge at about seven in the morning. Jeez. Because they don't open the press thing until early on. Yeah. Like on Thursday, like you can't get it Wednesday, but you can get it early early Thursday, so... I was there bright and early for that and, you know, waiting in line and all that fun. But uh, Wednesday, I went, I got there about 4 p.m., and the line for registration was just out. It was actually out the convention door. That's insane. It was a good hour and a half wait, I think. Wow. And then from what I was hearing, while I was waiting in the press line, at like 6 or 6.30 or to like 7, 7.30, There was, like, no one in registration on Thursday morning. (laughs) Oh, wow. So hit those those weird hours. Don't go during those main hours. Yeah, which makes sense. Right. And uh, I got to play a game with uh, Carol from Quiche Games. Nice. Her online store. I finally met her, and we played uh, Guilds of London. So that was pretty fun. That's cool. And then uh, Thursday, I got into... I was able to get into the exhibit hall early as press. They gave out a limited number of press could get in early at like nine to the exhibit hall. And so I'm waiting in the line with the VIGs and the trade date badges and two lines are forming. Jeez. Instead of one. And it's turning into like this battle between the two lines of who's gonna who has to, you know, who has to go to the back of the line. <laughs> And eventually you know convention people came and they merged the two lines and of course that just made bo- people were booing about that and it was, it was fun you know we all got in really quick it wasn't like, yeah yeah. but and you know if you ever the chance to get a vig badge and and have the money to do so i know it's really super expensive
0: mm-hmm.
3: that nine o'clock in and early If you want games, that's the way to do it. That's the way to go. Yeah, makes sense. it's nice and empty. I mean, you can pretty much walk into any booth. I mean, I was able to walk into the Fantasy Flight booth and pick up the Wave 9 ships and not have to wait in line. Nice. Which, if you've ever been to the convention, they have Fantasy Flight's line. is usually so long that they have a fire marshal
0: stop the line and say, (laughs) they just can't have any more people here. Yeah. Yeah, it's like between them and upper deck, it always seems like there's always just yeah. a crap ton upper of Upper
3: deck had a semi this year for uh legendary oh, Jesus.
0: big trouble in little China. Oh yeah, of
3: course. They had a they had a semi with the se- with the trailer and everything. I was like, that is taking up so much room for no reason. <laughs> I'm like, that's space that I could have to breathe. <laughs> Cause once ten o'clock hits. It's just an incredible amount of people. I mean, you just get this flood of people in there. And it's shoulder to shoulder. And good luck trying to get any game then. <laughs> but then I was also able to meet with... Uh, well, I can't think of their name right now. Oh, Geek, Geek Attitude Games. So I finally got to meet them. They're from Europe, and so I've been kind of talking to them back and forth throughout the whole year and so I got to meet them and they have two new games that they're working on that look interesting one's a co-op game and one's a one verse all type game but yeah so that was pretty much my convention experience I mean if you've never been to Gen Con and experienced it just look at the pictures of Thursday morning waiting for the exhibit hall to open and you'll just see a sea of people And they all go in at once. It's just madness. I I almost recommend just waiting like 15 minutes for the crowd to go through. Mm -hmm. If you're not like needing a game instantly. And then slide in that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And nothing <laughs> nothing is that important. <laughs> I mean, really, if you think about it. I mean, eventually you probably can get, even if the games sell out at the convention itself, if you're really excited about a game, eventually you will probably get your hands on it.
3: Right, like, I didn't get Seafall yet. Like, they they weren't mm-hmm. allowing press to purchase the game till 10 o'clock, and so wow. I already had it pre-ordered through uh, Plaid Hat, so I'm like, well, I'll just wait for my pre-order. The calm. I'm like, it's not a big deal to wait a couple more weeks. Mm-hmm. And one big thing I always recommend to everyone that goes to Gen Con is, if there's a game you want, check to see if they do pre-orders. Like Cry mm-hmm. Havoc, they did
0: pre-orders for several weeks. Yeah. And... Well, it seemed like it seemed like with Portal, I think he had where you could pre order all the games that get them at Gen Con, if I'm not mistaken, that they yeah. had and were gonna have there.
3: CG uh check games edition did the same thing. There's a lot of comp- passport games does that. A lot of companies are starting to do that and it just makes things so much easier. One, they know mm-hmm. how many to bring, and then they have whatever excess they have is just to sell to the general public. But guarantee your copy, you know, then you don't have to deal with the rush and you can wait till
0: all right you can know, just pick it up Mm-hmm. yeah exactly it's, yeah that's a great idea you know you think they would have thought of that a little earlier a little sooner but well
3: I, portal cge and passport have had it i think the last three years now with different games because i oh, remember a, pre-ordering yeah. uh imperial settlers and the original code names and <laughs> so that's you awesome. know I support those companies that do that type of stuff because mm-hmm. it just makes the convention that much
0: less stressful. Yeah. Well, and they're thinking about they're thinking about the fans. I mean, right. you know, that's the best thing. You know,
3: I mean, there was a lot of people upset. Oh, there's only a hundred copies of Cry Havoc available. Yeah, because three hundred or so pre-ordered it to pick up at the convention. You know? <laughs> yeah? yeah. I mean, I'm not going to fault them at that. Yeah.
0: Well, it would be just like if you went there and you got there late, and everybody else got it before you. I mean, it's just, just how the way you know how it works.
3: Yeah, and you know you'll you'll have your usual group of people that are upset that like their Kickstarter is being sold at Gen Con before they get it. And I understand mm-hmm. that. That actually happened to me this year. People have mass more before I'm going to have it, and probably a good couple months before I have it. But I also understand that these companies. Need to make the sales at gen con to show Mm -hmm. retailers, hey,
0: there's a buzz about this game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, come on, people, think about them. They think about us enough. We can think about them for a few minutes, you know. It, you know, there's always two sides to everything.
3: It's a tough, it's a tough situation for them to be in because they have to, you know, support the retailer, but they also want to keep their buyers happy.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not like they're. It's not like they're purposely purposely trying to screw everybody. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you're purposely trying to do that, then why are you in the industry to begin with? So, right. Okay. Well, since we talked about your experience, um, I when I talked to Taylor, I talked to him about this too, and I wanted to get your input on it. What are some of the things that you have for advice for uh, convention time?
3: For convention time.
0: Yeah. Just any any. Any inside scoops that you can give us or any, like, advice for, like, you know, buying or resting or better times to go than not. Okay, I've got all types of advice, so. Sweet. All right. Hit me.
3: First off, I'm going to highly recommend getting a hotel as close as possible to the conventions there. I know that's really hard with Gen Con, Mm -hmm. not so much harder with the other conventions, but. It's nice to be able to to walk away from the convention for an hour or two and chill out. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend that. You know, give yourself time each day to kind of cool down and regather yourself, mm-hmm. and you'll have a you'll you'll endure the convention more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's big time. That's something when I was talking with Taylor, I I couldn't stress enough. It's like don't don't expect to do everything every one second of your of of your life. You know, if you have to find a spot in the corner at Gen Con and take a nap, go do it. Yeah, and like I have friends that when they went to Gen,
3: when they go to Gen Con, they plan out their whole their whole thing with events,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and that's what they like to do. And I understand it, and they enjoy it. But I'm like. That's I try to schedule that, and I end up missing one or two events, anyways. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's what we did. We, you know, the first Gen Con, we were just like we just wanted to experience more. So we had a couple of games that we were going to play. We paid, paid the tickets for it, and we just were like, screw it. It yeah. <laughs> was like we let's go get something to eat. Let's go sit out and talk for a little bit and just relax. Yeah,
3: and that's a big thing. Making sure you eat It is so easy to sk- get caught up in the exhibit hall or events and. All right, I'm just going to play one more event, one more game, and that takes an hour or two. And suddenly, it's three o'clock before you've had a meal since breakfast. If you Mm -hmm. had breakfast, yeah, yep. Take that time to eat. Take time
0: to shower. Of course, Mm -hmm. that's always a big thing. (laughs) Hey, there's that's that's a thing that everybody should know, but (laughs) some people some people don't realize. Hey, guess what? You're crowded in with uh, hundreds of thousands of people. Make everybody feel better by taking a shower. <laughs> yeah.
3: And you'll feel better too. I mean, it's yeah, for just... <laughs> sure. That'll
0: help you help you feel that much better for sure. Get
3: sleep. You know, there's people that like to try to do the whole 24, you know, Ugh. 24 hours over the days that the convention's open. And that's insane. Get yeah, some sleep. Yeah. That's not right. By the end of the convention, your brain is so fried. You're not even, you know, not even thinking. I have one friend that yep. all he does is battle tech when he goes to the conventions and we know we'll never see him in the hotel room. We'll occasionally stop by the, the Baltech table just to make sure he's still alive and be like, all right, <laughs> go get some food. Come on.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so that's a big one. Uh, like I mentioned earlier about the pre-orders, you know, do your, do your research ahead of time of mm-hmm. what games you're interested in. Mm-hmm. I recommend the board game geek, uh, Gen Con list that pretty much, or you know, they did one for Origins. They're doing one for Essen now, where they basically list every game that's going to be coming out. Mm -hmm. And look at that. Do your research, and then from the ones you want, maybe research a little further. See if they're doing pre-orders. You know, make it easy on yourself. So that and then print out the exhibit hall map and make a make a plan a strategy of what you're going to hit and when. Bring bottled water
0: and drink it stay hydrated Mm -hmm. yeah that's a that's a good one too that'll i mean as much as people talk about concrud, sometimes it's inevitable but just feeding yourself and having those liquids and getting that little bit of rest is is (laughs) such a huge thing that people just don't realize or just don't care about right and that's actually a big part of
3: Concrud is uh And the comp plague, I like to call it the calm plague, but (laughs) nice, but a lot of times it's just because people have went so far beyond what they normally do, you know, and how they treat their body that their body gets overworked and stressed and then they get sick. Yeah. You know, if you treat it like a normal day and you know, pace yourself, you're going to do a lot better. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, be open to play with anyone. I mean if you really look around and try, you can people are always looking for games. Especially uh Geek was great for if you want to learn how to like just meet people and play games at a convention. Geekway was you know people had flags saying looking for people, you know, to play mm-hmm. this game and you just sat down and played a game. Nice you meet a lot of cool people that way, so
0: highly recommend yep. it. Yeah, I love that. And and you know, unfortunately I Gen con's my only experience, but um it seems like for the most part, I mean, even if people are there to just demo games and it seems like it may be just a, just a job they like playing games just as much as you do and showing you how to play them. So, you know, if you if you see a game even if it looks daunting, guess what? Those people are there to teach you that game. And it's probably not as hard as you think, and then you'll probably have a good experience out of it. So don't be afraid to try anything. Right, and sometimes they're even learning themselves. How I mean, we were picking up
3: games and having people come to the table, and we played uh, Tigris and Euphrates for the first time, and all of us were learning at the same time, and it was fine that way, and mm-hmm. worked out great, and we had fun, and we all enjoyed the game. And so, yeah, just take the opportunities. I, mm-hmm. I mean... I understand. I have a lot of social anxiety and anxiety disorders, and so I understand it can be rough and everything, and sometimes you just got to put yourself out there, and board games is kind of a good thing to uh, that people are pretty open and just like, hey, yeah, I'll play with you,
0: sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's great. You've got a lot of experiences. I mean, you got to play games with the bigs. You got to go to a decent amount of cons and you know experience it from the reviewer side and from the player side and stuff like that and that's and that's what the people like to hear and it's cool that you it seems like you have had a a lot of fun each time so that's that's always that's another thing that people want to hear about you know um you know, there's a lot of people that will say like like you said, you know, you'd rather be at Origins because it's a little less crowded and it seems like you know you can get a lot more done. And people want to hear that. They wanna know what's best for them.
3: Right. So I mean if you want all the big releases, then go to Gen Con. Mm-hmm. If that's what you are there for, then go to Gen Con. You're gonna pay a lot for it, but the big thing I was gonna say I that I keep forgetting to talk about is what I've learned through this year of conventions of cool or not geek way all these different conventions is how different it is compared to any other hobby with you get to meet the people who run these companies you can meet the designers you can meet reviewers and they're all people just normal people like us Mm -hmm. and that's all they want to be treated is just like normal people they you know it's easy to be, you know, in awe of Tom Vassell or Rodney, or because they've done so much for the hobby. But they just want to play games with us, you know,
0: they're normal people too. Yep. Oh, well, some of it. I'll speak for. I'll speak for myself. I'm a little abnormal, but you can still come talk to me. Right. That's cool. You
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have anyone recognize me, and that's because I do written stuff, and perfectly fine with me. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I. Uh, this was my first year doing reviewing and I got to meet just by going to these conventions. I met a lot of designers. I met a lot of, you know, companies and met a lot of re- different reviewers and just talked to them and you develop relationships with all of them. And it's pretty awesome. I mean, if you get the chance hop on Twitter, I mean, you can pretty much, you have a question about a game. You could probably message the designer and they'll give you an answer. I've done that once or twice where like I've had a question about viticulture and I'll quickly message your Jamie uh Stegmaier. I'll be like, Hey, should I what modules should I use, you know, for a beginner or whatever? And he'll tell me exactly what to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Yeah, it seems like m- most of those guys, you know, like uh um um why can't I think of his name from Portal? Why can't I think of his name? Ignacy. Ignacy. He's like so. I, I've, I've never talked to the guy. I mean, I've talked to him a little bit on Twitter, but he just seems so approachable. And it's just, it's, it's stuff like that. And, and same thing with like Bonacor from uh, Stronghold. But it just, you know, they're just, they're there for you. And if you're there playing their games, obviously you're interested in it and they love it just as much as you do. So any questions you have, of course, they're going to be there for you.
3: Yeah, I mean I've I've met Ignacy twice, both two thousand fifteen Gen Con and this Gen Con and uh, he loves cookies, so if you if you wanna get in his good graces, you bring him some cookies. I actually uh the first year I brought a Kringle and got to talk to him a little bit and took a picture with it. And this year I brought a big cookie cake. Well, it hit a post while I was carrying it. Oh no. and so it like kinda like turned into like a cookie omelet or a cookie taco type thing but he was still like bring it man I'll still eat it <laughs> so <laughs> and he was really busy so I didn't get a chance to talk to him too much this time but yeah you can you know I've talked to Kevin Wilson a couple times on Twitter if you are interested in a desi- you know, a designer or a company just message them on Twitter and you'll, you'll be surprised how quickly sometimes you'll develop a relationship with them that's awesome so I think that's that's something that you don't see in any other hobby industry. No,
0: definitely not. There's very few industries where you can go up to somebody that's a part of that company and, you know, just talk to them like you're talking to a friend, you know? Right.
3: You know, and that will want to play, you know, hey, let's sit down and play a board game. You know, obviously there's times where they're busy, but mm-hmm. they, they're, they have time and they're looking to play a game. They don't care who they play it with. They're... Mm-hmm. So, gets their name out. And that was one great thing about the Cool Mini or Not Expo. I mean, you had designers there, you had reviewers there, you had regular people there, and it was fun. I got to try out the, uh, they t- tested out the Arcadia Quest tournament. I'm a big fan of Arcadia Quest, and they kind of did a tournament for the first time. And it was, it's different because it, they had like Capture the Flag and Hidden Leader. It was it was like they mixed the halo multiplayer with Arcadia quest and it was just a blast nice, that's awesome and i placed I placed in third, so I had a good showing <laughs> nice
0: nice <laughs> <laughs> so that means you did something right yeah that's awesome i,
3: I choked in the finals though you oh, you, you, would, you would have been disappointed i was I was first going into the third round and then I choked, oh no, I know. <laughs> but hey at least you got to that part that's yeah. pretty awesome it was fun you know and i've i'm hoping to get the uh a copy of, they plan on either releasing the rules for free or for you know whatever the cost is of the rules and releasing it once they're done finalizing it and it was very cool that's awesome so if you're a store listening it'd be a good thing to have
0: done at your stores oh yeah for sure Yep, get more people in, just like the magics and the Pokemons.
3: Yep. And the Dice Masters and
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh yeah, man, Pokemon makes... was,
3: Pokemon Go was insane there. Oh uh, my god. I'm so I'm every, so done with it. <laughs> everyone was on their phones and they had they had this year they had like a Pokemon shop at Gen Con. Like of it was a did. huge booth, not a single board game in it it was just like plush Pokemon. I think they had the Pokemon watches there and everything. It was just like, and it was packed.
0: Of course it was. It's just, it's the new biggest fad that just, I just, I understand, but I still don't get. <laughs> I was and with it,
3: it back in the day when the train card game came out originally. Oh, and then everybody just gaga, of course. But this is a whole it, new, this makes is a me whole, laugh.
0: this is a whole new level of Pokey, <laughs> come on. Well, it's too it's too many games, not enough money, not enough time, but it's still awesome. It is. That's so cool,
3: and it's a good it's a good time to be a gamer.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely in its renaissance. If I'm, if I'm, I'm g- thinking, if I'm saying that right,
3: I the way I've looked at it, I'm kind of different than a lot of the different industry folks. Is I look at it from like a comic book era standpoint, mm-hmm. and we're in the modern era. We're yeah, in that '90s, sure. early 2000s era of where comics just boomed for a while. You know, you got yeah. Death of Superman, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because you yeah. had you had your golden age when you know Battleship and Monopoly and all those were made, and then you had your mm-hmm. silver age with all the '80s. You know the you know classics, the classics. You know, yeah. all those Battle Masters and Hero Quest and all those. Mm-hmm. And so now we're finally entering that modern age.
0: Yeah.
3: That's definitely. my opinion.
0: Yep. 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 And that's a perfect way to think of it. All right, Taco. It's been awesome, man. Been
3: awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me again. I'm yeah. anytime. I'm always of course. up of course. for this and uh Jordan should be back in a, sometime this week and hopefully next week we can finally do another podcast together.
0: For sure. Yep. And that we're looking gotta...
3: we're looking for a new name for my since he's going to be a regular host on it, nice. We're looking for a new name. It's not going to be the taco stand anymore, unfortunately. But we're going to try and look nope. for some type of board game esque name.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. If you guys have any uh, have any opinions, uh, go to M- at MFGCast or at S O One KS Gaming. Give us uh, give us a new name for the new uh, for the new podcast for those two, so we can get some uh, fun conversations going
3: yeah so. definitely and awesome.
0: thank you everyone for listening
3: and everything like that i mean and thanks to everyone who's come to you know so com. it's been i'm almost a year now the 23rd nice. will be a year and it's just been incredible support from yeah. everyone fans, yeah. you know readers mm-hmm. from companies from all different friends so
0: yeah i Great. couldn't be happier yeah, I was going to say, you can tell, tell how far you've come by, from your experiences and your knowledge, so that's great. Yeah.
3: All right. All right. Cool. Thanks again. No problem.
0: All right, guys, uh, we're here for the review now. We're going to review Aquasphere by Taster Minstrel Games. Um, we brought on a couple of guests that you know very well. I've got Dan and Kim from the GNU Podcast. Dan, Kim, thanks for coming on for the review.
2: No problem, man. Always a joy. Thank you for yeah. having us.
0: Oh, of course. Using you for your awesome knowledge. Aquasphere by Taste of Minstrel Games. It's uh, designed by Stefan Feld. It's illustrated by Dennis Lohausen. Sorry if I had to, if I get that completely wrong. Players 12, age 12 and up, plays for about 100 minutes and is about two to four players. I I am going to ask Dan if he can explain this game. Because and people I've said this before, I'm very bad at explaining games, but The reason why I'm going to ask Dan to describe this is because I would be very, very bad at explaining this game because there's just so much to it that I wouldn't do it justice. So, Dan, if you don't (laughs) mind.
2: Okay, so, uh, as Kurt mentioned, it's a Stefan Feld. And you might have heard of that name somewhere before. I don't know, like Pillars of the Earth, Luna, Castles of Burgundy, Trajan, Bruges, Amerigo and about 40 other games that are (laughs) unbelievable Uh, to me this is Feld's heaviest most restricted game Mm -hmm. I've seen because most of Feld's games it's always like do whatever you want and you'll get some points just make sure you do the right things this game is a lot more binding than his Mm -hmm. others the play of the game is actually really easy every turn you go there's only three things you can do you can move your scientist on this one track to create programs for your bots. And those tracks are, you know, kind of restricted. Everything branches off. So you can't do everything you want and those symbols change every round. So that Feld randomness is still there. But you have to be like, oh man, like I want to kill these octopods, but I also want to make sure I get this scientific upgrade. But I also need that gem so I can get enough points. Like there's a lot Mm -hmm. of moving parts. Um, the other action you can do is move and execute a program on a bot you already engineered. And those lead to a couple of actions. I'll quick go through those. And then the last thing you can do is pass. That's it. <laughs> Just you're done forever this turn, and you have to wait for the next round to begin. So the play is there's only two things that you're really doing outside of that pass, but how you do them is intense mm-hmm. in this game. Unlike a lot of the other feld, where if you make a mistake early, you can kind of catch up. This game, it can kind of come back to bite you a little more than Mm -hmm. you would expect. And uh, I think that reflects because this is actually ranked like 285 on uh, Board Game Geek. You know, which is, you know, that's not a number to sneeze at. especially
0: for being a 2015 release. Or 2014, I'm
2: sorry, 2014. So when, like... It's a weird concept, but you're never really doing these actions. You're getting a robot basically... Like, Think of it like loading it in the chamber. On your player board, there's these little areas up top that when you program a robot, you put it on there. And that now means you have a robot that knows how to do this one mm-hmm. job. They're very linear thinkings. And it's also only one robot can get ready to do that job at a time. Like, If you get another robot to do a job where you already have a bot it just goes back to your board and you get some time tokens. So you can't even be like, oh man, I'm gonna kill all the octopods, I'm gonna have five robots ready for that. The game stops you from that option. So like when you program these robots, you can do things like expand your personal lab, which is cool because you have this like little side thing on your board. And it's just like one little area that lets you know, hey, you can only have four time tokens, two gems, you can only kill two octopods, you can only have two little science upgrades but you can expand your lab and it actually gives you new areas to do new things. So you can up your maximums and you want to do that. But the other thing you can do is you can take time markers. Time markers are useful because as you're going around this lab, you're spending time to cover the distance. So you need that. Like, you know, that's really important. So you probably want to get those time markers. And you might even want to use those time markers to take the crystals. These crystals are really cool because they help you score at the end of every round. But the game also throws a little snafu in your face because there's these laser guardian areas on the score track that you need to cash in a gem to pass it. Otherwise, you're kneecapped. If you, you, know. you can also give up a programmed robot for that, but that means you just wasted a turn. So the gems are a better choice. But of course, I mean, if you're taking all those gems, you're probably not going to be able to go out and catch all those octopods.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because, you see, the octopods will cost you points at the end of each round. No. So you've got to try to run around and catch all those octopods. But, I mean, when you're catching those octopods, you might want to be placing a submarine instead. Yeah. Because the submarines dictate not only how many time markers you get every round, but they put a cap on how many points you can score at the end of every round from your robots. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's really important. But, I mean, to really make that count, you should also probably get some of those research cards. And the research cards are these, like, special either one-time bonuses or permanent bonuses. And this is something that you feel is, like, very feldy because the permanent bonuses are, like, oh, hey, every time you take this programming action, you get four bonus points. Mm
1: -hmm. Or,
2: hey, every time you kill an octopod, you're going to get this. If you place this, you're going to get this. So it kind of, like, those science cards kind of help dictate how you'll play. And then on top of that, each room has a little special program chamber So you can program a robot to program another robot on your board, and based on where you are is what he'll show that other robot how to do. Mm -hmm. So this all sounds a little nuts, and it is, because there is a lot of moving parts. you got your player board with your bots and your actions. You have your lab that you want to build up, because that's going to increase what you can do and how many points you'll get at the end of the game. On top of that, you gotta make sure that you're putting your guys in the right programming area. Because if you need gems and you don't program yourself to take gems and you don't have the time markers to create a program to get gems, you're kinda screwed. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Likewise, if you have like three octopods in your area and you're like, well, I gotta take care of all these things, otherwise I'm gonna lose six points. If you can't program to kill octopods, you got a problem on your hands. Mm -hmm. And it's a very interesting shift of how things are constantly moving even the way you prepare for the rounds is incredible. There's a little disc in the center of the lab and it's telling you, hey, when this turn is over, this thing is going here, this thing is going here, these are going over here. So you can like, it's almost like a glimpse into the future of, oh man, I need to get to this spot because I want to make sure I get those crystals. But if you don't have the robot for it or you know the points aren't ready or whatever, it's like this game I felt like tears you apart a lot more than the other Feld games and every time we've played this we have this is one of the few Feld games that we have never heard the oh man can we play that again like after playing this people were like sweating breathing heavy and just disoriented it looked like they got hit by like a a concussion grenade or something it's brutal this is definitely a very thinky game where you have to keep on top of your time, your bots, your programming options, all these different moving parts. And, of course, the one fell trademark is Victory Point Salad, where all these little parts will get you points. But unlike his other games where you can just run rampant on one idea, you need to spread out in this. you got to balance out to make sure you're not losing points. That's something that's not too common in a Feld game. Very rarely does he ever punish you for yourself. you got to make sure you're not losing the points from the Octopods, have enough time to move around the station, have the upgrades for how you want to play, and on top of that, like get ready for that next round. So, I mean, that's pretty much the synopsis of what goes into this game.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it sound I don't know. By the way you describe it, and it's funny because when I first tried to learn this game i was trying to learn it with tracy and we thought we had everything down but then we didn't so then i had to i had to kind of try to swallow my pride and i had to watch uh some watch it played yes just to get some of that
2: the best place to learn how to play this game
0: yes he did
2: phenomenal he did a
0: great job (laughs) he did and then, and you know there we had a couple of questions and they were answered clearly and concisely and it's one of those things where your first time playing this game is not fun i'm sorry i'm not i'm not going to sugarcoat it because it's a lot it it is a lot of stuff to put down it's a lot of stuff to remember it's a lot of stuff to try to figure out it's a lot of strategy and like you said Dan it's there you there's not a thing where you can just decide you know what i think i'll just give up on the crystals this time and do something else you have to really learn how to use every single component of this game to your advantage otherwise you will get screwed and you will not do very well so when when i first played it i'm not gonna say that i disliked it but i'm but it was one of those i as soon as i was done i was like okay I think I have a little bit of the knack of it. Now I need to play this five more times to really get the meat of it.
2: Yeah. Um, I believe my exact words one of the times when we played it was I hate this game and anyone who ever enjoyed it. <laughs> 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 because uh, it was just a case of the person, like one of the other, we played a, we played a, lot of, a couple of times two player and then we also did a few three player. And I had, I like put a plan into motion and in one fell swoop somebody came in and took the time from the room i was in which meant i didn't have enough time to leave my area you can get time by deprogramming a robot but now you just gave up an action for like a small reward which blew up in my face and i mean just everything came crashing down from one move and i'm so not used to that for felt games like like, you know, you play Castles of Burgundy and you're like, ah, you bastard, I wanted to build that. Well, fine, I'm just going to, I'll take the boats then. And you're okay. Like, mm. you don't feel that you got destroyed. Mm-hmm. And like in our in our most recent game, I actually had one moment where I just went, there's literally nothing I can do to advance myself. Like, I mm-hmm. can only try to prepare for the future and hope it goes well. Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah. Like, at least for a Feld game, it felt yeah. very out of place. Yeah.
0: It, it, to me, it almost reminds me of like you're playing the board game version of like, um, Bioshock, kind of. You know where it's like it's, <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I can get a couple of shots in here or there, but you know uh, there's there's gonna be there's pretty much a uh, uh, impending doom coming my way. You know unless I'm this unless I'm playing it the smartest way.
2: I, I will tell you right now, just because you said it reminds you of Bioshock, if instead of octopods, it was um, like. Uh, you know the people infected by plasmids. What were they called again? Plasmids. No, the people like uh, the I psychos and everything. Like if it was that, and instead of gems, it was plasmids, mm-hmm. I think I would be ten times more anxious to play this game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> but, uh,
2: funny. Yeah, just the idea of people like running around Rapture, like you know, and you're trying to like protect yourself. Man, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. But um, exactly.
2: Yeah, it's like I. It's weird. I almost felt it's like because this game is pretty recent in Feld's arsenal you know yeah. like he had I think 18 games before this yeah and it almost feels like like he just had one night where it's like oh point solid point solid all my games are point solid alright well let me let's see you want something a little heavier oh my games are too light I'll show you I'll fucking show you <laughs> and just like made this intense like I mean it's, it's good but mm-hmm. like you said it's not fun the first time until you play it because it's so rough yeah. You know, it's like... It's weird. Like, I felt like the game was kind of, like, hate-fucking me at one point. <laughs> you know? And I was just, like... Because I was, like... I was spiraling down in points. Um, I didn't have the gems across the barrier. And I'm, like, I don't know where to go. Like, I didn't have any bots or time left. So I'm, like, at the end of this round, I'm getting nothing as a bonus. You know, like, this sucks. Like, I'm losing out on, like, 14 points. Mm-hmm. And it felt so weird. Like, it felt wrong for the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then as you play it a little more, you realize, like, th- I would say this is one of the few Euros where you have to really look at your opponents, see what they got, and try to, like, deprogram their moves.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, like, our most recent game, we played with a buddy of ours, Mike Smith. I was in an uh, option. I could have either taken time or gems. Like I can program a bot for either or.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He was ro- one room away, but I noticed he had the bot ready for time. So I was like, "Let me go for gems," and sure enough, he swooped into the room I was and stole the time counters. You know, mm-hmm. he was like, and he cleaned them out. He took all five. Yeah. If I took the time action, I would have put that bot up there for nothing. I would have gotten nothing you know i would have only gotten two time which would have been pointless yeah and so like by reading his moves i made the better play yeah but you know most euros it's usually like okay you did this thing whatever i'm doing this thing like this is mm-hmm. a very adversarial euro
0: yeah for sure yeah it's definitely one of those that you can, you 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 as much as you don't know, as much as you may not want to you have to kind of screw everybody else to be the one that's programming your robots to do what you want them to do because there's not as many options as you would think there would be in a game like this that's supposed to be a Euro game. So, you know, every move you make is going to be an important one. So you have to kind of think of it that way. And so that's why in learning the game, it is is kind of a harsh reality. But I will say this. The more I have played it and the more that I've been successful with it, the more I've enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, like, would you say you're at the enjoying point yet? Not at
1: all. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very, very frustrating game when we were playing. I could. I read the rules and I thought I read them. When we very first played, I thought I read everything good. We played it. And halfway through, we're like, huh, something doesn't seem right. Like, it seems way too powerful. So I go back and check, and I got something wrong. And then, okay, so we fixed that, we played it again. Wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. Go back. Oh, <laughs> we forgot this other thing. Okay. <laughs> and it happened, like, two more times, and at this point I was like, okay, we can't finish this game because we're not even playing it the way it's supposed to be played. So, um, we basically put it away for about a couple of months. And then we broke it out a couple of days ago with Mike Smith. We watched the video
2: first. Yeah, we see, and we also watched it the first time when we learned how to play it right. We watched it then too. Yeah. And 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 you can always it's always joyous when you both go oh at a point in that video because you're mm-hmm. like that's what we did wrong. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. And I love that kind of stuff too because, it, especially when you you know even games you've played forever and then all of a sudden you see that part and you're like how did i ever how did i not know that you know it's like it's like holy crap you know it it should be obvious and even sometimes when you look at it a second time in the instructions you're like oh my god that is totally what they're saying but for some reason sometimes things just don't click the way they
2: should so just out of context um have you like uh when somebody teaches you how to play a game and you pick up your own copy Mm -hmm. do you ever go and read the book cover to cover or do you just keep on playing the way that you were taught
0: you know i probably just do that i probably just played it the way we you know and then you know i've i know that there's a there's a thing where i've learned a game and then gone back and go oh this is totally wrong we played this part you know (laughs) i mean and, and this is a running joke and we've talked about it too it's like there's always something that you find out that you're like, oh my god, how did I not know that? You know, there's always something on most games. I mean, there's some games that are so easy, it's like, okay, we get it, you're gonna figure it out, whatever. But there's a lot of these heavier games that, for some reason, there's gonna be something that slips through the cracks.
2: Well, for us, the one thing that uh, messed with us is you can spend three time markers to program a robot for whatever you want. Mm Mm-hmm. But to you can only do this once per turn, and to mark that you did it once per turn, you put a clock on the exact same matching clock on your player board. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to forget to put it there. It's also very easy to not notice it because it looks exactly like the token <laughs> on your player board. We were hoping for like a red or green, like have a token that's red on one side, green on the other. -hmm. And just like when you program your bot once that turn, flip the token. Yeah. Because that time thing, it's in the top right of your tableau. You're never looking at that spot on your player board ever. Yeah. And it's so easy to fuck everything up from that. Like, and it's like, it's, you know, most games, if you forget something minor, you're like, oh, well, you know, it's okay. If somebody programs two robots in one round in this game, it could skyrocket their success. Yeah. Like, it's not a—it's uh, not like you're like, oh, well, you know, we'll take one or two points off you at the end of the game. Somebody might do an action that can cause them to get, like, another 12 points at the end of the round. Yeah. If they do that thing twice. Yeah. You know? And it's like, the other thing, too, is, like, um, besides blocking and taking everything, one thing uh, is there's these little passages that the robots go in when they get bumped from their areas. Mm-hmm Again, something that's very odd is for a euro, you can set somebody back a lot by Mm -hmm. bumping their bots. Yeah, and normally in a euro, the the biggest thing is like, well, you should always try to get the most points you can. You know, like screwing other players. Like, don't screw a player just to screw them. You're just making the game worse for everyone else. In Aquasphere, it's actually a very viable strategy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like, all right, well, I can't get points this turn, but I can cost you three points this turn. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And it really, it's like, it's so odd because that also feels very foreign. It's kind of like, like I said, it's almost like a, an attack style Euro, Mm -hmm. which for the genre and even like for the, uh, the idea, like you're all these scientists in this underground lab. And then you're screwing each other over constantly. <laughs> Is this why we haven't cured any major diseases in the last 15 years? Yeah, yeah. Scientists are just screwing each other at work That's every right. day.
0: Yeah. Well, they're just blaming it on the cold, dead robots. So you know, yeah, <laughs> it's all their fault. Yeah. But, so, so yeah, we've t- talked about it pretty, uh, pretty, pretty much at length. So let's let's actually rate it. Um, think i'm afraid to but let's talk about it anyway um so we have a new rating scale if you're kind of if you're newer to the podcast uh we have a love it means you love it a lot you want to play it quite a bit you have a like it um play you know if it's around you'd like to play it not you know all the time but if it's around then it's a fun game to play Eh, it's okay well that's kind of like well You know, maybe, you know, every, you know, few months, maybe you'll bring it out and play it. Or a fuck this game. It's a game that you totally despise and you will never play it again. So let's rate on that. I will actually go first. A lot of this, a lot of this review that we're talking about stuff, it's, we were talking about it pretty, pretty brutally and pretty honestly. Um, But I'm going to tell you, I like this game quite a bit. It is rough. But the more I learn the more I really am I'm actually enjoying it. Uh, it's not to say that it's not it's not a heartbreaker because it can be Playing it with Mike, he can really you know he's one of those guys that is no mercy. Um, so it, it can really you know be ridiculous. And then at one time I played this with my wife, who's very don't ever screw me. It's not what you do. <laughs> and so anytime I do anything against her There's a lot of FUs being thrown around But in this game you kind of have to do it So I got kind of to play it From every different angle But I still enjoyed it So that's a like for me What about you Kim?
1: Um, I would have to say I'm somewhere in between Um And I like it Only because I haven't really did like a fair play of it. I didn't even reach 50 until the final endgame scoring. Like Mm -hmm. All of them were already around the board and Dan was like trailing up behind me. And I was like, god damn, I I don't know how to get points in this. I don't (laughs) know what I could do. And it's, I think it's a really interesting game. I wouldn't mind playing it a few more times but I think I have to play it 10 more times to actually really, like, read it, read it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just saying, as a first time playing the game, it's like a, Meh, I like it, I guess. That <laughs> 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 so was, like, in between there. Yeah. But, I, I would, if if someone's not a Euro gamer, definitely don't pick this up. Like, yeah,
0: it's definitely it's, not for the lighthearted, hearted uh, easy yeah. gamer.
2: Can you imagine yeah. if this was, like, the intro to Euros?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God.
0: I think my wife would have quit a long time oh ago. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. Your games are
2: stupid. I don't want to come over to your house yeah.
1: anymore. Like, honestly, this isn't even a game to ease people into Euros. This is, like, a, okay, so you've played, you know, Risk and all those other, like, whatever Euros there are, and just, like, tens of thousands of games... This could be like the 1,001 game that you play.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. What about you, Dan?
2: Um, I, I do got to know it. I do like on your scale of uh, rating that there is no indifference. It's either like it or fuck it. Is <laughs> that the Yep, yeah, 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 pretty <laughs> much. You know
0: what? I, I thought, you know what? There's no, no reason to beat around the bush. I, was you just, know?
2: <laughs> I like it, man. I, you're making people <laughs> pick a side. That's a, that's a good thing. I'm going to say I'm, I'm with you. I definitely like the game. Uh, I would say a pro tip is first game just get the hang of it do not have this do not play this game later in your day make this like the 12 o'clock in the afternoon game yeah preferably after a uh, a big breakfast yeah <laughs> <laughs> because you're gonna need it for this one like it's it's a steep learning curve and it's once you get there it's good yeah. but god do you got to work to get there yeah you do for sure
0: all right so i think that's a a pretty good, uh, pretty good thumbs up on it. But again, it's one of those you have to get multiple plays on. So it, you know, another thing I suggest too, is if you have a gaming group and somebody has it, or you have a game store that'll let you play it, go for it. Let, you know, if you have somebody that can teach you, go for it, you know, because that'll, especially if they're good at teaching you how to play it, go for it. Because, the learning of it is a big thing before you can really get into the meat of it.
2: Yeah. I, w- I would definitely say the watch it played Rodney Smith video is the way to go.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. He definitely, cause he does it perfectly. All right. So we rated that. That was awesome. And this is the end of the episode, but there's one more thing I'd like to add on before we go. I have a big announcement to make and hopefully it's for the better. Uh, we have worked out. Uh, we, I have worked out a deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have worked out a deal, me and Dan and Kim from the GNU podcast, for them to come on our little podcast uh, full-time to help us out. And we, and I, why do I keep saying we? <laughs> well, we, I talked to Mike, Mike <laughs> is definitely okay with it. Um, we would like to say welcome and it's gonna be awesome to have you guys on.
2: No problem, man. We are more than happy for it. Yes. Awesome.
0: So we're gonna blend our unique talents. I, I know a lot of people are probably like peeing themselves <laughs> right now. Um,
2: <laughs> to talents use li- loosely. Very loosely. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. To bring you the best kind of podcast that we can deliver. And it's going to be interesting because we're not around each other to play games. So it's going to be... I think it's going to be a fun challenge. But we both have Tabletopia, so we have some games there. And we also both have some games that I know that we both have that we can kind of try out. And it'll be nice to kind of feed off of that. And plus we'll have a whole bunch of awesome ideas to bring to the table for when we... uh, have our first official joint podcast or episode i should say so that'll be fun hells yeah yeah so until then thanks for listening guys and we'll see you next time